I'm Teague. And I'm Sam. And we're your well-informed girlfriends. Bringing you today's news, gossip, and unsolicited hot takes. Well, in case you haven't heard, Joe Biden is the new president-elect of the United States. Yay! But what you may not know <laughs> is the adorable history his dogs will be making in January. Yes, you heard me correctly. Dogs. <laughs> And the holidays are coming up, and it's going to look a little bit different this year because of COVID. We're talking about all the implications of that coming up in the next few months. Plus, Teague went on an awkward date and failed <laughs> after learning they do not agree politically. True story. So we're talking about talking politics on your first date. Yes, and let me just tell you, I'd advise against it. <laughs> um, all that and more on today's episode of Well-Informed Girlfriends. Well, in case you haven't. Been paying attention at all? Joe Biden's the new president-elect of the United States. We witnessed some history being made here in West Hollywood and across America. There were rallies and all that jazz all day yesterday, Saturday. Yeah, crazy. It's been a crazy past week, right? I yeah. mean, after Tuesday, it's just been like every day. It was like, are we going to get an answer? Are we going to get an answer? Um, and so yesterday I knew that something was happening when I heard all of the pots and pans being banged and the yeah, people, the same, cheering. Yeah, that's how I found out too. I was asleep yeah. and I woke up to like cheering. Yeah, everybody was really excited. So I know it was a, it was a really cool day to be in West Hollywood and, um, and to be, you know, an American at all. Because however you voted, I think it's cool to just know that democracy is still something that prevails in this country. Yeah, and I mean like, to, we have to talk about Kamala too. Right. I mean, the first... South Asian, woman of color, black, VP, like crazy. Incredible. Yeah. And my favorite thing she said, which is being shared all across the internet, um, is that she said, I may be the first woman vice president, but I'm not the last. Mm. And um, I think that that's really cool that she, you know, took this moment, which could definitely all just be about her. And she made it about the little girls and all of the other girls and women in the country that this means so much to and for, so... For yeah, sure. that was really cool. Yeah, no, for sure. Did you see um, Julia Louis-Dreyfus shared something, too? Yeah, She also wrote, like, Madame Vice President is no longer a fictional character. And I just think that that's such a cool moment for women everywhere to see, you know, that it's it's possible to get elected. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pumped just, like, as from a woman's perspective. I think it's really cool to see that. So, yeah. Congrats to her. Making history. Making changes. Speaking of changes. Um, we just wanted to talk for a second about Biden's transition. Yes. Um, and we're not going to speculate on what will happen in terms of Trump, but on Biden's transition website, we just wanted to talk policy for 30 seconds. Um, so on Biden's transition website, he lists four main priorities that he's going to work on right when he gets in office. Um, these are COVID-19, economic recovery, racial equality, and climate change. Yeah, and the Washington Post talked to a bunch of people close to his campaign and the commitments he's made, and they say he's planning to rejoin the Paris Climate Accords, reverse President Trump's withdrawal from the World Health Organization, repeal the ban on almost all travel from some Muslim-majority countries, and reinstate the program allowing Dreamers, who were brought to the United States legally as children, to remain in this country. So that's what the Post says. His website itself also outlines a couple of other plans. So here are some of the sound bites from the speeches on Saturday from the president-elect Joe Biden. Let us be the nation that we know we can be. A nation united, a nation strengthened, a nation healed. The United States of America, ladies and gentlemen, there's never, never been anything we've tried we've not been able to do. 
So remember, as my grandpapa, our grandpappy Sam and I walked out of his home when I was a kid up in Scranton, he said, Joey, keep the faith. And our grandmother, when she was alive, she yelled, no, Joey, spread it. Spread the faith. God love you all. May God bless America and may God protect our troops. And here's what Kamala had to say. Children of our country, regardless of your gender, our country has sent you a clear message. Dream with ambition. Lead with conviction. And see yourselves in a way that others may not, simply because they've never seen it before. Let's talk for a minute. What do yeah. you think is going to be different come January 20th? I mean, here's the thing that I'm just so excited about. And watching his speech last night was also just it was just so heartwarming because he just wants to unify and especially right now in a time of like such despair and such stress and everybody in this country has anxiety no matter what side you're on no matter you know what you do for a living or whatever Mm -hmm. um I think everybody is just really stressed out with everything that's happening so I think to have a leader that wants to unify and bring people together I think was really cool and he's always been known to reach across the aisle and so I think that him you know talking and addressing Trump supporters yesterday and saying look I know you may not be happy today but let's just give each other a chance and hear each other out and I think that that was really great and kind of the leadership that we've been craving the past four years if if I'm being honest so yeah Mm -hmm. I'm excited to just have a have somebody who I think cares (laughs) I mean, I you know? think it's I think it's telling too that a lot of the Republicans who are reelected in the Senate and the House have sort of they seem to have sided with Biden in that like he has won. I know President Trump is still saying that you know all the votes were a fraud or whatever he's been saying. I think it's pretty telling that they have um, said that we should respect that what the votes have said. So, I mean, I think it'll be interesting to see what happens. Right, I know right. It seems, it seems like the Trump campaign is doing the throw everything at the wall kind of strategy. Right, right. Well, and yeah, we could talk a little bit about what's going to probably happen in the next few days, weeks, months. Um, they are demanding recounts in several states, mm-hmm. Wisconsin um, being one of them, Pennsylvania being one of them. But, um, yeah, no, I think that... Uh, Again, recount it, you know, do whatever you need to do. Yeah, it's Um, legal, ask for it, I guess. Totally, yeah, of course. And even Mitt Romney was like, of course, do whatever you feel like you need to do. Um, But, I mean, Joe was kind of up in bigger margins than you then would probably be resolved in a recount. But, hey, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. Well, yeah, and even Governor Scott Walker of Wisconsin said the same thing. He was like, well, it seemed like 20,000 votes is a lot of votes to make up. I don't know if you're going to be able to do it. Because most of them are a difference of, like, a couple hundred, so. Right, exactly. So but we'll see. We'll see, and that's probably what we can expect to see um, out of Trump's team in the next few, you know, weeks, and we'll see what happens, but. For sure. I do also he, really quickly, what? Oh, no, I was going to say, if he doesn't stay in office, what do you think Trump will do next? Oh, I think that he'll start his own news network. I, like, oh, honestly yeah. think he's going to start, like, some sort of channel or something. That was what they were saying last time, too. Yeah, because he likes, you know, he likes to give his opinion and do all those things, so I think that. I don't know. Um, I think that would be good for him, like an all, like a cable show. Anyways, um, and he could have the My Pillow guy on. One thing I do want to say, um, that is truly one of the funniest things was that <laughs> they booked Rudy Giuliani to talk at a Four Seasons. Oh yeah. And landscaping company. <laughs> it ended up being 
at a landscaping company, like in the back. It looked like a kind of like a car repair shop. And so Rudy Giuliani did it. Whoever booked it must have been on Trump's team, somebody on Trump's team that just, like, didn't, you know, overlooked it and was like, okay, we're booking the Four Seasons for Rudy to give a statement about. (laughs) And then he was talking outside of, like, a, like, a auto body shop. (laughs) Anyways, that was just a funny tidbit uh, that I think is very funny on Twitter right now because people are making memes about it. They are. Well, I will say Uh, the landscaping company took some heat and they tweeted today or posted somewhere. They were like, listen, if anyone wants to give a press conference here, we will take your money. Like, calm down. <laughs> I might be, like, injecting a little bit of tone there, but that is basically what they said, which I just cackled at. Because, like, hey, if a campaign calls, they're like, hello, we would like to book your venue. You're like, I am a struggling landscaping business. Sure. I don't know that Please. they're struggling. I'm yeah. just assuming because of COVID. Yeah. Like, yeah, sure. I'll take your money. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I'm obsessed. Anyways. Well, I did promise you guys a dog story. Yes. And I just wanted to note that um, the Bidens, when they move into the White House, they will be bringing the first rescue dog ever to live there. Isn't oh, that so cute? that is so cute. I know. They have two dogs, one of which is Major, who they got from the Delaware Humane Association in 2018. And then they have another dog. Um, Champ, who they got from a breeder. Both of them are German Shepherds. They will be back in the White House. Cute. The dogs are taken back. It's funny, when we were walking um, through our neighborhood, we both live in West Hollywood. Here in L.A., we were walking, and I kept seeing people with dogs, and a lot of them had, like, dogs for Biden handkerchiefs on and i watched like because there was a biden train if you will like people in their cars in the street honking Uh um but also like people walking their dogs on the street and every time like somebody cheered because they would just even if you weren't in biden gear people were just like cheering at you from like the sides (laughs) of the street and um everyone would shout dogs for biden at each other (laughs) like when there was a dog in the car and a dog on the street i watched it happen like no less than 10 times and i just thought it was very funny that people were like cheering for their dogs dogs for biden love it and um elizabeth warren's dog bailey do you follow him on twitter yes of course (laughs) he also did he was like we're restored to our rightful place i love it i love it it's funny that um i think trump is one of the only presidents who didn't have a dog in the white house i think so yeah it's very unusual to not have a dog yeah dogs are coming back to the white house baby (laughs) they're back but he didn't have any pets it's not like he's a cat person either right yeah it's so strange yeah it's interesting Anyways, well, um, let's talk for a minute about the holidays. What is safe to do during them? That was an amazing transition. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Yeah, so um, the holidays are coming up, and I think this is interesting because, you know, it's it's such a – everybody's kind of torn. Like, do you go Mm -hmm. home for Thanksgiving or Christmas, or do you – I don't know, Skype in? Here's here's what this – Skype in? (laughs) What is this, 2009? Here's what some of the health experts are saying to do about the holidays. You can really manage risk. An abstinence-only approach would be, I'm just staying home for the holidays and we'll Zoom. And I think a harm reduction approach is, I'm going to take a series of really meaningful prevention approaches so that we can enjoy each other's company. So here's what the CDC is saying, and then we can talk about kind of what we're going to do. Um, so basically the CDC is saying that celebrating virtually, hey, my Skype idea might be right. Okay, celebrating vir- because it's been 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. Celebrating virtually or with members of your own household poses low risks for spread. So that's like the lowest. Mm-hmm. So if you're not traveling. So in-person gatherings, obviously though, if they're bigger or if you're with like extended family that maybe you don't see all the time, or maybe they go to a job every day that they're higher risk, whatever. 
Um, so you kind of have to, like, consider who you're going to be hanging out with and what they do on a daily basis, which is a little bit of an awkward conversation, but to keep everybody safe, I guess you have to do that. Um, also, uh, you have to consider the place that people are traveling from. So if you're coming from, you know, a a state that has a bunch of cases, like if we're traveling from California, we should probably be careful. Um, also you have to think about the duration of the gathering, the placement and location of the gathering. So if you're... If you're, if you're able to be outside, obviously that's best. We know that. Um, these are all kind of, like, pretty, like, obviously common sense. But I think it's interesting to talk about um, the behaviors of the attendees during the gathering, the behaviors of the attendee prior to the gathering. You kind of have to, like, check on people and see if – see – you just have to trust the people you're getting together with and make sure you guys are all on the same page about, like, what the virus is and, you know, all those things. You know, because sometimes – your family disagrees vehemently on things. And if you don't want to talk about the election, this will be a good year to bail on Thanksgiving. <laughs> right. I know. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. So I think it's interesting to talk about. Are you going to go home for the holidays, Sam? Mm. Maybe. Um. Okay. Well, my parents are divorced and my dad lives here in Orange County, which tells you everything you need to know about that side of the family. And, you know, I mean, they have not maybe been the most socially distant, but if I don't go, I, like, maybe we'll never hear the end of it, so I'm trying to decide. Yeah, well, I think you should go if you can. If my grandma were close, I would. I'm going to go home for, Yeah, but, like, all the grandkids are in school, and, like, Orange County went back to school, and, like, I'm just scared. (laughs) Yeah, it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing, but assuming I safely survive Thanksgiving, I'm going to briefly quarantine, get a COVID test before flying back to Chicago, like, mid-December, and then staying there for, like, maybe a month or two. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I I think my action plan is, I, because I get tested at work almost every day, so I'm going to have tests, then go home, Um, I'll know my results, obviously, then I probably will still wear a mask, in my house. Even if you know you're good? Even if I know I'm negative. Yeah, just because I am incredibly paranoid still, which is kind of silly. Like, how many months into this are we? I just, you know, my parents are the one people that I'm like, God forbid, you know? So, and, and there is like that risk of like getting it from testing at work and then I have to travel and maybe, I don't know, you never know, you know? Um, Although they are saying planes are pretty safe now. Yeah, everybody says the problem is really the airport's. The airports, like, right? Stuck with all these people, so. right? And circulated air in an airport's definitely not. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, I should mention I'm not not trying to fly on like high passenger dates. Like I'm probably gonna oh, fly right. on like a Tuesday, like a couple weeks before th- Christmas, just to like avoid. Yeah, other that's. Humans. I think that that's really smart too. That's probably a really good tip on traveling yeah. for the holidays. Pro tip: It might be cheaper to fly on a Tuesday too if you can. If you're working remotely anyway. <laughs> yeah, if everybody's working remotely anyways, you might as well. People are also saying, the CDC is saying, get your flu vaccine. Oh, yeah, that's true. So, want to talk about our next story. Oh, God. Which is how your brain take, tricks you into taking risks during the pandemic. What? I know, What yeah. do you mean? So, we are hardwired, apparently, to take more risks in the pandemic. And interestingly enough, one of the things that we have is called optimism bias. <gasps> I know. So apparently <laughs> most people... Is that what I am exhibiting currently? I mean, like, Mabe's like a skosh. <laughs> I also believe in positive thinking. No, I... Listen, we're manifesting a better 2020. I'm yeah. here for it. I'm just telling you also that the science tells us this. Okay, so what does the science say? Okay, so there are basically, like, three ways your brain is, like, literally tricking it, you into taking risks during the pandemic. The first of which, we just talked about optimism bias, which is, like, most people, apart from those who are clinically depressed are likely to think there are more rosier, like, positive outcomes than there are actually going to be. What? 
Yeah. Apparently, like, most, like, most people are hardwired to believe that things will turn out okay. Like. They do. Exactly. But they do. Okay, I don't know. I'm just telling you <laughs> don't what the say. science says. This is okay. from psychology. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, by the way, this is all per ProPublica. I'm not sure if we said that already. But anyways, so the other things are social norms. Apparently, where you live has a huge impact on how you think. So, that for example, sense. like, we're in L.A. or, like, our friends in New York who saw thousands of people, many of whom we know get sick and or die. We were more likely to think that the coronavirus is a huge thing, wear a mask and, like, shit all over people for not wearing a mask. Yeah. But, like, for people who initially didn't have, like, a ton of interaction with the virus, they were less likely to take it seriously. That makes sense. Um, and I guess they call it, like, a cognitive effect called the dis- description experience gap. It leads people to underestimate risk based on their own personal experiences and anecdotes. So you're like, oh, well, sense. I don't have any friends that got it, so it's probably not that big of a deal. Right, right. And then the last thing is it's hard for people to project the exponential spread of the virus. Our minds, I guess, can't easily, like, comprehend how that works. Mm-hmm. So, like, an example of that is, like, if you're at an oncoming, say there's an oncoming train, you're at a train crossing, right? We're good at guessing how fast cars are going, but not how fast trains are going because we don't drive trains, most of us. So that's why you always see cars get hit by trains as they try and make it across before they get there. I guess our brains are calibrated to treat trains like a car, but it's going, like, faster than it looks. So what does that mean? Oh, that's the same as the virus. Yeah, like, we don't. We're good at knowing what we know, but if oh, we don't right. know those things, it's right, hard for us to translate that into what... So, like, course. you know, we're, we've never lived through... This is my first pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> so, we've never lived through it, and so it's hard for us to understand mentally. Like, we logically yeah. understand, obviously, right. but it's hard for us to <clears throat> comprehend, I guess, well, and the that's, enormity of the virus. Well, and the hard thing about this whole virus, too, is, like, some people have asymptomatic, they're just asymptomatic and they don't have no issues, and yeah. so then you see, you don't know, like, obviously, how your body will react, and I think that's, like, the scariest thing about this whole virus is, of course, I'm comparing it to what? Like, how I felt when I got the flu? Like, I don't know, yeah. or you know, and right. then all of a sudden you get it, and it's horrible or whatever it is and you're in the hospital or whatever it is. Right. It's just hard for us to understand it without having any context behind it. That makes sense. So anyways, have you found yourself taking any unnecessary risks in the pandemic? Yeah, I have taken some risks as far as like personal risks. Like starting this podcast was a little bit of a risk. Oh yeah, that's true. That's good. And I also think like, um, I did like a web series in the beginning of quarantine. That was a risk. And those were like things that I feel like I've always wanted to do and felt like a little risky and I didn't have as much time to do them before. And so I think like in, in that, in those terms, so I those think are I was like taking positive risks. risks. Yeah. Yeah. I like the rephrasing of that. That was good. Yeah. I don't know that I, I mean, like, I guess I started this pod, but I haven't done anything else. I've just been trying yes, to get, have. trying to get through the months. Yeah, <laughs> I know. You've done a lot. Didn't you buy a kitchen aid? I did buy a kitchen aid <laughs> I did buy a stand mixer. You were right. Only the you finest. You got me there. Finest goods. Oh my god, please let me die, it's fine. <laughs> oh my god, so yeah, I mean, like, we're both working, so, mm-hmm. you know, that's good, I guess. You got a new job, that's good yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. I, again, I can't complain, knock on wood, knock on I wood. think 2020 is taking a turn for the better. Okay, I want it to, so I'm gonna lean, I'm gonna side with you. Yeah. But do you ever think we'll go back to the office? That's an interesting uh, question. I don't know, I think that, like, we've said about on this pod before, I think that people are starting to see that 
employees are able to work from home. Yeah. And so they're probably like, hey, I don't need to spend all this money on rent, you know, yeah. when I know half my employees are capable of working from home. So I don't know. I will say, I feel like it's different per place, too. Yeah. Like, my friend works in D.C., um, in federal government, and he's been in the office, like, the whole time, which I think is crazy. That is crazy. And I'm like, why, though? Or, like, my brother works in sales, which is definitely not, I'm sorry, an essential worker. But he's yeah. in Chicago back in an office, and I'm like, what's that about? Wow. That's I know. interesting. And his <clears throat> girlfriend, too, also in sales, also in an office. And I'm like, that seems questionable but that's crazy yeah well i mean yeah, i keep I being say... like it's a small office i'm like i don't know if that makes it any better <laughs> no make it worse it doesn't make it better <laughs> but i do know small offices are getting they're starting to go back i will say like i work in an office with like 100 200 people and or 300 people some days but and we are there all day but everybody like is super strict about wearing masks yeah, and, and like social distancing and social distancing and everybody's at, like one person per office so it's um manageable but i will say like i'm actually pretty impressed again knock on wood i'm pretty impressed that we've all been like we've still continued to be be negative yeah so i'm like whatever we're doing is working and it is possible to get back into an office if you do it correctly so i think it's good to see but for sure love to see it love to see it love to see it should we talk about um people who are going location free during COVID? So yes. basically they're deciding to live out of a van. Sure, I love it. That's interesting. I would love to do this. Let me just start by saying that would be great. I would love to do it too because you could just travel around and you don't pay rent. Are you kidding? Yeah. So I think that's a fun idea. I yeah. do love showers, but I also love the outside. <laughs> so I think I could do it. Yeah, I also am a little bit afraid of murderers, but yeah, it'd be more fun to do with like a life partner. Yeah, like a yeah, I would need one of those. Yeah, so step one, find a life partner. <laughs> step two, get a van. Step three, renovate the van. I'm kidding. No, there have been... I actually looked into this a little bit, too, because we've done a couple of stories about it for today. Um, and basically, a lot of people are buying vans and, like, renovating them and making them outfitted for whatever. Or I did briefly consider... <laughs> this is embarrassing. I shouldn't start the story. But it's too late. I've started. Um, I did briefly look into renting one. Um, and I guess, like, there are a bunch of places... That like, you can rent them for a couple of weeks at a time, and um, there are all sorts of websites you can look into that tell you where on Bureau of Land Management land you can camp and that sort of thing. Cool. So, it's a it's a lifestyle. Um, you could do it if you want. That's cool. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I would totally do that. I have another friend um, who you guys are going to hear from in a second. She and her husband are living location-free, if you will, but they are doing the Airbnb thing because they need to be working on Wi-Fi the whole time. So they gave up their expensive apartment in Seattle, and they've just been traveling down the coast of the the West Coast and making their way. They'll be in L.A., I think, next week. Uh, But they've been making their way down for the last couple of weeks, just working remote the whole time and, like, living in these nice Airbnbs with another couple. And she had this advice for you if you're considering doing that. Have a plan, but also be open to changing it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, I think having some level of a base plan and backup plans in terms of just like what you absolutely need in terms of connectivity and what you need to get your job done Mm -hmm. um, is important. Uh, But also like things won't go according to your plan and to not let that completely ruin your mental state because you won't be able to do it then. So be flexible, but have a plan. Have a plan and have a backup plan. Yes. Okay, so our last story um, is because of a really sad, unfortunate event that happened last week to me, personally. <laughs> <laughs> I went on a date 
you guys. I'm trying to get out there. Like I said, my vibes are pretty high for the last, you know, few months of 2020. And I was like, whatever, I'll do it. So we went to this cute little place on Sunset, Pache Joint. It's like outside, whatever. Really cute. It was going pretty well. Like, he was a cool guy. All of a sudden... And I don't know how it happened. Oh, God, it was me. I actually did start it. But I was like, oh, did you vote? Like, it was, like, right around, like, when that was happening. Sure. I was like, oh, did you vote? And then it took a turn for the worse. (laughs) It just got into, like, politics and, like, heavy politics. And we definitely didn't agree on anything. And he said he didn't vote because he didn't like either of the candidates. And I was like, oh, no, that's not acceptable. And, um, so then eventually after probably, I would honestly say we really stuck it out there for like, honestly, 20 to 30 minutes. (laughs) And then finally I was like, God, you know what? I have to go. (laughs) I was like, I'm so sorry. I have to leave now. And so did you like make up an excuse or did you just like fully get up and exit? Um, I fully left. Very, it was very like he was like, yeah, sounds good. <laughs> and also, he was like, he's like, well, thank God this didn't happen on date three. I'm like, yeah, thank God. <laughs> I actually think that's a good point because yeah. would you have rather wasted your time and like put yourself out there even more? I don't know. Here's the thing that I think is interesting. So apparently, I'm just really wanting to date right now, but I just joined a different dating app, mm-hmm. Hinge, and that one, like, you say like what your political beliefs are if you want to. You can say, like, you're conservative or you're uh, moderate, liberal, whatever. Um, So I actually kind of like that because then you, like, know going in, like, kind of where somebody stands. Even if they're just, you know, even if they don't feel like a certain... Don't most of them have that? Bumble has that, too. No, I I was using Raya. Oh, okay. And Raya doesn't, like, have any of those Raya, if you're listening, I'm still mad I'm not on there. It's fine. (laughs) Yeah, so I don't know. It was interesting. But I, I think... I'm, I'm glad I went, because, like, he was a nice enough guy. I'm, I'm, he's, yeah, like, sure. fine, you know, could maybe a friend on the road, but I was like, this is not going to work. <laughs> I gotta go. I gotta go. So, yeah, I don't know. What do you think, Sam? Do you think it's better to talk about that stuff early, or do you oh, think yeah. that should come out No, later? I think you should talk about it early. Especially yeah. right now, we're just, like, in a really divided time, and I think that it's it would be really hard to make a divided household politically work. Right. Um... But also, I mean, like, I don't know. As a brown person, I honestly don't get that many Republicans on my dating app. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just trying to explain to Teague, like, how apps work for me for some reason. And, like, literally Hinge only offers me Asian guys, which is, like, fine. I date Asian guys, but also, like, very weird. It's, like, guy after guy, only Asians. So yeah, strange. that's interesting. I'm not saying this to be racist. Again, have and will continue to date Asian men, but also I date other races. And I just think that it's weird. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. The algorithms on the dating apps are really so interesting weird. to me. I just don't understand it. Yeah, I don't get it. But, but anyways, no, I, do, I tend to not um, come across many matches with guys like that, frankly. Yeah, yeah, I think But I that... also am on all the apps that where it says what you believe on them. I'm not on Raya, so maybe that's probably part of it, too. Right, right. Yeah, and, and like, a part of me was like, man, maybe we should, shouldn't have talked politics at all, because maybe it would have gone well if we hadn't. But, I don't know. I mean, it's one of those things where it will probably come up. I care about politics, so yeah. it's like, it's It'd be one thing that, if you didn't, yeah. Right, yeah. But, I, it's, I think it's, like, one of those things that I think is important in what you're looking for in a life partner, and if you're not looking to just casually date someone, if you're looking to, like, date, date someone, I think you should just talk about it. Yeah. Because otherwise it's gonna come up and you're gonna have invested, like, time 
money and like emotions into a situation that you're not that you're gonna end up having to bail from right right, long term yeah i think it was worth it i know they tell us not to talk about politics and like polite conversation but i feel like almost we've crossed like some sort of threshold with that I know, I know. It's it's. I I I didn't used to talk about it either. I didn't. I actually used I to mean, be pretty actually, shy. That's why I did all the time. <laughs> I didn't like talking about it. Like I feel like I used to be like very shy talking about that stuff, especially with like because you know yeah. like we're from the Midwest yeah, and are. you never know like and it doesn't matter like obviously we have friends on both sides it doesn't matter like any yeah way, well but... especially being from the Midwest you know I know so many Republicans a lot of my family members are Republicans and that's like totally fine. Um, and I find, I don't know, I've always talked about it, but it's because I know so much about both sides. I feel like I could always talk about, like, I'm interested now, like, in the future of the GOP and, like, what's going to happen now that, like, Trump is out? Are they going to switch back to their original, you know what I mean? Like, I could sort of talk about that. Yeah. But I've found that that's one good way to talk about politics without, like, hugely arguing with people is by talking about the internal workings of their parties. Fun fact, for anyone listening, for your Thanksgiving tip, like, oh God. do a little research into the opposing party's beliefs and then just discuss the ins and outs of that. That's <laughs> actually a good idea. trying to convince them of your ways. Yeah, that's a good idea, <laughs> Like, what happens next for Donald Trump? Like, that's a good question and one that I think you could answer without, I don't know, I don't know, can you answer that without feeling grumpy? I don't know, maybe. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Anyhow. That's interesting. Okay, well, this has been a very fun week. This has been a very interesting week. I'm Things are lighthearted. 2020 is turning up for us. Knock on wood. Knock on wood. We yes. just literally knocked on wood. So hope, True wood. Hope for the best. This is true wood, yes. Yes. So thoughts <laughs> and prayers, everybody. If you're listening, writers of the, I don't know, season finale of 2020, we could really use, like, a heartwarming one. Yes. We're talking, like, great. the end of Friends, maybe, and not, like, the end of How I Met Your Mother vibes. That'd right. be cool. Exactly. Like, that'd be great. Right. And also, um, we don't do this ever, but if you guys want to, it'd be super cool if you could go to our iTunes <laughs> <laughs> and uh, give us a five-star review if you think this is interesting. Even and if maybe you don't, a comment. Give us a five star review. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Do whatever. Well, whatever. If you if you really think we're a three, you can do that. No, don't. No, I'm just, just kidding. Just don't Please comment do if you think we're a three. <laughs> just don't vote. Pocket veto us. This is pocket <laughs> veto. But thank you guys so much for joining us. We always have the best time interacting with you guys online. Yes. Um, if you guys want to follow us throughout the week, it's at Well Informed Girlfriends on Instagram, and my personal is at TDP. And I'm at Samantha Kubota. Kubota like the tractors. Thank you so much for listening. This, they are a tractor. You're from the Midwest. You I did not that. know that. Oh, I do know that, yes, actually. You did that. I did. Don't be ridiculous. <laughs> Anyways, well, thank you so much for listening, everyone, and have a great week. See you next week. Bye. Bye.